been looking for a home in this neighborhood, and nothing that fits our needs seems to be available. Then our realtor told us about the FHA 203K program, where we can find a smaller room and use that program to add another room and remodel the home all in the same loan. The same loan we used to purchase the home. What a great idea. Welcome to Love My Renovation Project with Mike Young. Today, oh my goodness, this is the first live show I've done this year. So thank you. I appreciate you tuning in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we took a little vacation there during the holidays. Had our my oldest daughter and her kids out here, and we had a ball. But welcome to Love My Renovation Project, where we discuss all things regarding renovation, whether they're FHA 203K home style renovation, VA renovation loans, uh, or any of these six or eight other ones that are out there and available to you. Uh, I don't know. Every this weekend, I was talking to uh, someone about what they did for a living, and they told me they were a uh, policeman. So I talked to them, of course, about the uh, Officer Next Door program. We have what we call Good Neighbor Next Door programs, uh, Teacher Next Door, uh, Officer Next Door. These Officer Next Door can be a fireman, EMT, policeman, prison guards, even qualify. It's, if you work for the federal government or a city or state government and wear a badge, then you're probably going to – you are probably going to uh, – qualifying. Uh, if, if you're a guard working for um, some private protection agency, you're probably not going to qualify for it. But anyway, if you want to know more about it, give us a call at 888-627-6008 and we'll fill you in. But in any case, if you want a house and you don't have one, you are looking at a 50% discount on your home. These are HUD foreclosed homes, FHA and VA foreclosed homes that are out there, they're available. So if the appraised value that they're showing and their asking price is $400,000, uh, you bid just like anybody else does. There are a few caveats that you must know going in. Don't bid over the bid because you're getting a big discount because the discount will be based on the 200,000, excuse me, the 400,000, which is a $200,000 discount. As you get that discount, if you are foolish and bid over the 400,000 that it's listed at, you have to come up with cash for the difference between the 400,000 and whatever you bid. So don't get crazy. Uh, I would bid four hundred thousand and ten dollars pull ten dollars out of your pocket and hand it to them if you a bid for fifty on a four hundred thousand dollar listing you will have to write a check for fifty thousand dollars chances are you don't have that in your pocket or you wouldn't be buying fha in the first place you would be buying fannie mae or a conventional product um, so just be aware of that yeah, if you want to know more, give us a call. We'll be happy to talk to you. Again, that number is 888-627-6008. Sometimes there will be someone get into a renovation loan, uh, and 
and everything seems to be going against them. The contractor doesn't show up to work. Um, who do you call? Well, I'll tell you, if you're the homeowner and your contractor doesn't show up to work, you call the contractor. You are the boss. You and you alone. Your consultant is not your job supervisor. He's not the job superintendent. Your contractor has a employee who he sets up as the job site supervisor. So, but it's up to you. You're their boss. You've got to call them. In fact, I don't know how homeowners are pretty bossy because they're the lender's boss, they're the consultant's boss, the realtor, uh, realtor's boss. I know in our intro, I think he said realtor. There's no A in realtor. Um, it's just R-E-A-L-T-O-R, realtor. It's one of my hot buttons, by the way. So, <laughs> let's not talk about that one too long. Um, anyway, most 203Ks and other type of renovation projects go off without a hitch. So if you're having a problem, it's unique. It's probably... Uh, one that people have had before, and it's easily solved. So you can give us a call. Go to 203k911.com and call in. Ask, or don't do that. You're going to fill out the contact form, and in the subject line, just say uh, a 203k issue or a renovation issue, a construction issue, something like that that flags it for my crew. And then they'll direct those over to me, and I'll call you back if you leave a phone number. But give me as much detail as you can, please. Uh, I, I like to get a little thought working in my head prior to calling you so I can figure it out ahead of time and give you a nice, concise uh, solution. But if a contractor's not showing up to work, it's nobody's fault but yours because you are allowing it to happen. Now, I've been an employer. Gosh, I was an employer starting when I was about 17, 16 or 17 years old. Um, oh, my God. I, that just, I just hit on something that I happened to think of. I was talking to a guy who walked in our shop years ago, uh, right at 4.30. has nothing to do renovation with renovation. It's just an interesting story. Sorry. Uh, if you want to call in and put me back on track, feel free. Number's 888-627-6008. But it was 4.30, and just as this guy's walking in the door, the 4.30 bell rings, and all of our employees rush past him, almost knocking him down to get out of there and head home for their families. When he walked in and he says, oh, my God, I didn't realize what time it was, uh, I'll have to. I'll come back Monday, and I said, "No, no, no! Come on in, sit down. I'm not on the clock." And we sit down and we chatted for a while, and somehow we got on more stories that uh, that we did. At one time, I had 300 rental units. And, uh, he was telling me that he said, "Well, I I've actually had some businesses you might have heard of." I said, "Really?" And he said, "Yeah, I." Uh, when I was 18, I had 2,000 employees, and we made a product called SlimFast. Isn't that interesting? I thought it was. He no longer owned SlimFast, but he was telling me that uh, he had started it and, and had a heck of a product. He had 2,000 employees at 18 years old. Uh, 
going great guns, and Beatrice Foods came in and made him a wild offer that as soon as he told me the offer amount, I thought, you didn't take it, did you? And he said, no, no, I didn't take it. I said, you never got offered that much again, ever. He said, nope, I never did. But it's funny um, because I did the same thing. You know, you get offers sometimes in life, and you don't take them when you you probably should have. But uh, in any case, it, it's fun. It's uh, life is exciting. He was a very interesting person to talk to. And uh, near our end of our conversation, he said, "I had another company that you might have heard of." And I said, "Rule, what is it?" And he said, "Jack Lalane Products." He said, "Jack Lalane worked for me uh, after I bought his company." And I just thought that was interesting, too, because everybody knows Jack LaLanne. At least everybody my age knows Jack LaLanne. So, but it was a lot of fun talking to him, and, uh, and we ended up spending a couple hours. I think I got out of there about 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. He's just a very interesting fellow. He has another product now. He sells all over the world, and it's a fence, a special fencing product. Uh, but he travels all over the world installing these fences, and uh, uh, I won't tell you about them. I don't know too much about them anyway. But anyway, if you're having problems with your construction project, or your, uh, most of them are easily solved. So pick the phone up, go to 203K911, and use the number there to call in and talk to me directly privately, or you can call in on the show and ask your questions. But uh, I don't want you to identify yourself any more than your first name on the air, um, maybe what town you're in. But if you don't want that, just give us your uh, first name, and we'll see if we can help you solve that problem. Most of the people, we solve their problems over the phone in minutes. So, And there's no charge for that when, we, when we're able to do that for you. Um, but if you do feel alone, you feel like everybody's ganging up on you, your lender's not helping you anymore because he closed that loan. He's now working on a new loan for somebody else to help them get their new house. So don't condemn them for that. Just uh, realize that's the way it is and that's the way it works. Uh, he makes his money selling loans. He doesn't want to ignore you. He wants your problem solved. But talk to your consultant. Your consultant should be able to direct you to where the solution may be. And if not, then um, then feel free to give us a call. Or even if, if he's got a possible solution and you just don't like it, call me and I'll see if I can't help you uh, find another way. Again, there's no cost. You're not obligated to anything that you know that we suggest. It's just there to help you if you need it. We'll help anybody in the transaction. So if you're a brand-new consultant, you're out there, or you're an old consultant for that matter, and you've got a unique problem that you haven't run into before, I probably have. <laughs> We've done enough of these things to know that we, uh, uh, most of the problems that have come up over the years, we have had as well. And we figured a way to get around them or get out of them and get things back on track. Uh, we might be able to share those with you and help you see a solution to your issue. In any case, many home buyers think their consultant is an advocate. Uh, it may seem like that at first because we're doing everything for you, but the consultant's job, the consultant's duty is to help you create the paperwork you need to close this loan. And he's going to inspect the property for you, and you're going to get a written property inspections notes. 
his notes, okay? This is not a home inspection by any stretch of the imagination. And if you've got a home inspection, you may choose to use that instead. Uh, any and all reports must be given, copies must be given to your consultant. Any and all reports that exist now or between now and the time it closes escrow, your consultant has to review them. Uh, years ago, I know that we got a uh, man took us to court saying that um, Mr. Young didn't look at this house. We had an engineer out, and the engineer's report said that the house is sitting in a hole and has to have a French drain all the way around it to catch the drainage that was going toward the house and then get it pumped out. And I'm just listening to this in court. Um, this was in 1994, by the way. 1994 is the only time I was in court over the 203K, to my recollection. Um, so I listened to his spiel, and I had brought the report in that I did. And the first thing I did is I showed him. Uh, I asked the judge to refer to our consultant agreement, which may be your uh, new consultant. Some are calling it a, what do they call it, um, allowable fees agreement. But it's still a consultant agreement. It's whatever the agreement you have between you and your consultant, your homeowner and your consultant. We call it a consultant agreement because that's what HUD called it. But I showed him in there that there was a clause that said we must see any and all reports that are on this property before it closes escrow. It turns out that this engineer's report was available. It was available before it closed escrow. Why would the homeowner not show it to us in advance so we could make sure his project concluded the repairs that are needed? That's beyond me. You have to trust your consultant. You have to be honest with them and, and help them help you. Okay? The issue was that Oh, I brought my guard dog today to the studio, and I'm about to throw my slipper at her. Sammy? No. So anyway, uh, when I pointed that comment out, and then I said, looking at this engineer's report, it was actually available two weeks before it closed escrow. So I should have been privy to see it. Then I directed the judge to one of the exhibits, which was my report with its pictures. And I said, if you notice picture number five or 10 or 30, whatever it was, uh, where I removed a board in the deck to show you the sump pump and the sump and a piece of the um, French drain. And the judge said, that, that's a French drain. I said, yes, sir. It goes all the way around the entire home to catch the water that's coming down that slope, and then it congregates in this area where the pump is, and it's pumped outside onto the street um, or into the sewer system. But in any case, it was there. So my question to you, or to this uh, person suing us, is uh, you did your engineer ever look at the property? He wasn't worth the money you paid him because he said there was no French drain here and it needed one when in fact there is a French drain there and it appeared to be working at the time I made my inspection. The case was thrown out right away, of course. Um, 
and we would chalk it up. I think we had four minor cases in 1994, and we've improved the way we do the consulting now to make sure um, that everybody understands their roles. One of the things that we used to do or got sued for years ago was for not consulting with our client. And we're one of the few consulting firms that actually do consult with our client. And when it came time for me to talk in that case, uh, I asked the judge if I might ask a simple question to the borrower and maybe clear this up. And the borrower, the judge said, please ask the question. I said, do you remember when we met at the site before I saw the house, you know, that first meeting we had? And the guy says, yeah. I said, do you remember me putting my hand on your shoulder and saying, and before I could say it, he did, he says, yes, you said that this is your consultation. And he turned to the judge and said, I'm sorry, he did consult with me. He told me he did, and I, I forgot. But when I, when I told him, when I suggested, remember when I put my hand on your shoulder? That's what triggered it, and that's what I do. When I'm consulting, I do put my hand on somebody's shoulder or elbow, and, and I comment, today is your consultation. Most people don't understand, but that's what we're doing. And then what we do is we walk through the contracts they're about to sign uh, with the lender and so forth and go over the things that most people make mistakes with. In any case, I think that we are running up against the clock. I see Doug over there waving at me. So call us at 888-627-6008, toll free, and be part of the show. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay tuned. We love our neighborhood, and schools here are great for the kids. But our family has outgrown our home due to the new baby on the way. Then we heard about the FHA 203K program, where we can add a room or two to our home and refinance the existing loan, all in one low-interest 30-year loan. What a great idea! Part of the show. Uh, we love questions that come in from the audience. It makes the interest, just makes the show more interesting for me, and probably for others. If we can just break through that, uh, get your call. Don't worry about it. Nobody knows you. Uh, they're never going to see you again. Feel free to call in and ask your questions. Um, but uh, anyway, we're back with you. We were talking a little bit about. Uh, getting all this information up front, getting those reports, it's so f frustrating when people have reports and don't share them and then expect us to know what's in them. Uh, so it's uh, it's just not, not something that can happen. We only see what we see when we're out there. We can't see behind walls. We can't see underground. Uh, we had one that we did years ago in Berkeley up in the hills with Keith, with Keith Avenue, Keith Street, uh, and the, the borrower, the original borrower, the seller to the my borrower, had purchased this house figuring he was going to fix it up and flip it. So he buys this house. He 
thought it as he didn't get any consultation. He just didn't hire any engineers or consultants at all. He just got in there and put a new foundation under the found uh, because it had cracked under his house on Keith Street. And within a week or so, the the house took another twist. We could look down the wall, and this house was literally twisting. Part of the foundation was moving in one way, and part of it was moving in another way. So when I was called out there to take a look at it, I was climbing under the house. And, oh, well, let's see. Let me finish this thought. Um, but we got under the house, and I could see where somebody realized the was falling off of its piers, so they put additional piers to catch it when it fell that far. But uh, Doug says we got a caller. Let's see what we got. Hello, Mike. Hi. Who have we got here? Well, I'm uh, interested in what you have to share in your expertise in regards to homes. And I'm a retired peace officer. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You're looking for those 50% deal? Yes. Uh, It's for active uh, police officers. Oh, I see. How about... You might get the word... How about I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. How about teachers? Teachers, yes. If you're a teacher between kindergarten and twelfth grade, then you fit the, the criteria. Uh, Doug, could you turn me up a little bit on my end so I can hear better? Okay, go ahead, ma'am. Yes, so I was hoping that I fit into that spectrum with the retired peace officer status, but that won't work for me. And Uh-oh. unfortunately... Are you a teacher also? I am, but not kindergarten level, like pre-K. Oh, darn. Right. Yeah, right. this is for, uh, it's for active uh, police officers, firemen, EMT. Uh, I've done a bunch of them with uh, guards at prisons, uh, San Quentin particularly. How about... Uh, we did one loan... We did one loan there and turned around and did nine more. Oh, I it bet. Was, it was, yeah, it was interesting once somebody saw how easy it was and how much the discount was. But, right. Um, now, my cousin just retired from the highway patrol, and they hired her back as a civilian, but that would not qualify her either because she wasn't working as a police officer. Right. She was I'm active as, a trainer as far as um, paying, you know, the dues that are due to keep involved with the chapter, with the department. So I was yeah. thinking maybe that would get me in the door. But yes, Say I'm... Say that again? Qualify again? It, what I'm doing is I'm still active, per se, by paying my union dues and long, you know, along the lines of my career after I've retired. I, I want to keep active, but I'm not an active... Yeah peace officer you know you might want to talk to a lender you're going to need to find a, a lender that is familiar with the 203k good neighbor programs officer next door you might qualify i don't know if you're still an active union member and you've got uh, and you you periodically wear a badge to work no <laughs> no longer oh, do okay. that no yeah that's one of the criteria you have to wear that badge to work Oh, well, I still have a badge, but I don't wear it. <laughs> <laughs> You've 
whip it out when you get pulled over for speeding, right? <laughs> yes. Make sure they see it. <laughs> I got a ticket on my son-in-law. He was a, uh, a guard at San Quentin. Right. And he would speed to work. And the highway patrol would pull him off and he'd make sure they saw his badge and they'd ask to see it. And then they'd scold him. He says, you know, just because you wear that, I'm going to let you off this time, but don't you be speeding. He says, you're the fourth guard I've stopped this week. <laughs> I know, and that's not unheard of. I've, I've heard many stories in my lifetime. <laughs> While bet. I was active, that occurred a lot, you know. Yeah. Well, doggone it. Uh, I don't think you fit the criteria. Um, However, um, if you want to call me during the week, I can give you a number you can reach me at. No, that would be wonderful, and it was the yeah, it, it, it was a pleasure I'll, meeting I'll do a little you. Research for you in the meantime, but my direct line is nine one six nine one six seven five eight seven five eight one eight zero nine one eight zero nine. Yes, I was referred from phone. Doug to speak with you, and spoke oh. highly of you, and. I would like to contact you sometime and speak further. Absolutely, feel feel free to do that. Uh, you know, we're we just live to help people. That's, How about retired postal workers or working? <laughs> what if you're a postal worker? Oh, the postal worker never wore a badge, did he? I don't know. I don't do think they? He I don't think. He How about the IRS? How about if you're former IRS? They wear a badge, don't they? <laughs> I'm joking. Is this I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Are you giving me a bad time? <laughs> I'll let you back at her. Here you go. Okay. Oh my goodness. Anyway, um, glad you called in. We thank you. And you know, if you have other questions, feel free to give me a call. I'll do a little research on that and see if uh, if there's any way we can help you. But I don't know. I don't think there is. All righty. So thank you. Getting on with the show. Uh, I had an interesting call this morning before the show. Um, a garage at this house, a, a consultant called me, contacted me, and said that uh, they've got a garage, and the garage's floor is terrible. The appraiser has called the floor to be replaced or removed, one or the other. Uh, and that's also a possibility. The problem becomes... The buyers don't really need a garage or want a garage. They just soon tear it down. But if that garage is torn down, it'll never be rebuilt on the property line as it currently is. Uh, they would have to go to the current setbacks, which I think is three or five feet. I think it's three feet in Oakland, California. Uh, they'd have to go at least three feet. Or, you know what? Oakland, I think, moved it to five feet some years ago. So it's that means that that house, the garage, is currently sitting on the property line, both front and back, would have to come forward five feet and then move to the right five or move to the inside of the lot five feet. And now it's not going to line up with the driveway, so you've got additional expenses to get the driveway over to it. And depending on the layout, it might not be good for that. It might not. The lot might not be workable to do that, but you don't want to remove it. Number one, the city of Oakland requires one off-street parking space, covered off-street parking space. So if you took your garage out, now you've got to put a covered garage. You've got to put at least a carport somewhere. 
So the best use of your land would be to leave that garage where it is. That means replace it in place. Uh, we can get on there and support the garage structure and take that foundation out, put a whole new garage floor, and put a proper footing. In those days when that was built, the consultant uh, told me, and from our experience we find it to be true, that was just a three-inch slab, no steel reinforcement or anything else. So uh, as you park a car in there regularly and start settling, it cracks pretty badly. Uh, tripping hazards and everything else are involved. So uh, we don't want to do that. You don't want to lose that garage. If you tear it down, you might have to, to ever put one back. They'd have to go to hearings and everything else. So your best is to leave that garage there for the value of your home. Um, if you just arbitrarily took it out, the city's going to make you put one back or put a covered parking space back. So I wouldn't do that. Wouldn't do that at all. Uh, what happens when the city does that? You, you know, you've got your setback rules and so forth. It's just not a good situation, so keep that thing. Uh, fact is that they can remove the garage altogether, but they don't really need it. That's a moot point. The city requires one. So don't 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 get too quick on that one. Boy, we can't believe that we just got up against the wall again. Uh, call us at 888-627-6008 uh, and be part of the show. We appreciate it. We uh, makes our show more interesting for you and me. I get such a kick out of the consultants that don't understand or want to understand the appraiser's mandatory requirements. See, an appraiser, when he does the appraisal, he sees health or safety issues. They are required to call them out unless they're in our scope of work or until they're in our scope of work. So if an appraiser finds something that the consultant missed, number one, that shouldn't happen. Number two, if it does happen, then the consultant has to go back and redo their work and add that item that was missed. So they add that item. Now the contractor has to look at that item and give us his bid. The consultant has to do it and get their bid. So it's just, you know, a ball of worms, a bucket of worms, if you will. It's a ball of string. I don't know where I was going with the ball. Anyway. So uh, if you don't, if you're a consultant out there and you're not taking the um, uh, free training given to appraisers, I think you're making a mistake. I recommend taking all those. You need to use the appraiser's manual. You need to see a list of all the things that they are required to call out. Now, it used to be FHA 203K required, 100% required, a pest control clearance. So once you had that pest control clearance, everything was cool. But in 2009, they started talking about doing away with the pest control requirement. And then in 2011, I think is when they did for the 203B. We're going to go ahead and take a short break. Uh, call us at 888-627-6008 if you want to be part of the show. And hang in there. We'll be right back after this short break. We moved into our new home knowing it had faults when we discovered more damage than anticipated. 
Then we heard about the renovation loan. It would allow us to refinance the loan and get the money to make those repairs all in one. One low interest loan. What a great idea!
without a consultant. Um, I think we've had one lender that actually did that, and they talked to HUD and got their permission because the house was so far out in the middle of nowhere. So, but the uh, 203K, it has some advantages. Some of those advantages are, one, upfront MIP can be financed. MIP is the mortgage insurance premium. Remember, every FHA loan has a mortgage insurance premium. The upfront mortgage insurance premium, the money you have to pay down for that first year's insurance is finance, if you can finance it, and that's pretty cool. That keeps your down payment lower. Um, the FHA says you can finance up to six months mortgage payments while your house can't be lived in during the construction while the house can't be lived in, all right? And sometimes this is a little confusing. Uh, I know we closed one. I told the contractor, I asked the contractor, how long is it going to take you to do this job? He said, oh, gosh, it won't take any more than 60 days, maybe 45 to 60 days. I said, great. We're going to put down 90 days. I'll take the 60 because, and then I'm going to give you a 30-day cushion. Uh, just in case we run into a problem we didn't suspect, expect. but So with, everything was fine. Only thing is, he gets a nice letter in the mail from the lender. And the lender is quoting rules from the guideline that they believe to be true. And that rule was, you have up to, they told the contractor, you have up to six months to complete this work. No, they don't. <laughs> You have up to six months to close or to finish the work on a bigger project, but not this little project. This little project should only take 60 days, 45 to 60 days. I threw in a cushion of 30 days just in case something went wrong. Maybe a felon broke his leg, needs to heal a little bit. Um, but six weeks later, he can be out there on a job directing traffic. So, you know, that's they should not have given him that comment in their standard rules that they send out. Um, they need to use the word up front. Excuse me, up to six months. Up to six months. It doesn't mean you have six months. It means you have up to six months, depending on the size of your project. So uh, this project didn't get finished. It was uh, He finished it in six months, but he sure teed off the homeowner and everybody else in the project because he wasn't putting somebody out there. So we had to go to other parts of the guideline and show the contractor that once you send somebody out to that job and get started working, you must have somebody on that job daily, five days a week, getting that job, moving it forward, and closing this construction part of it out. So there's also some special HUD down payment programs. Uh, sometimes they say this particular property only needs a $100 down payment or this one needs $500 down payment. Those special HUD down payment programs are available for HUD foreclosed homes. Okay, HUD foreclosed homes. Um, that was fun having that young lady call in a little while ago and talk to her about Officer Next Door program. So they could find a house. Uh, we, we've done lots of Officer Next Door programs. The one that rings the bell most uh, often to me is what had happened in Sacramento, California, and the officer worked out of uh, Oakland, I believe it was, or Alameda, I think it was Alameda, 
so he had a straight shot to his house in Sacramento. Um, and he didn't want to live in the house, in the neighborhood where he worked. But the whole idea behind this is HUD wants those police cars coming and going into the neighborhood. That's a, uh, it makes life a lot easier for the other people who live there. And police officers typically in their hometown, in their neighborhood, don't see something happening and don't stop it. I mean, they get in there and, and get involved with their community. Uh, they're just kind of built that way. Uh, most closing costs can be financed on an FHA loan. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but FHA loans are always assumable, always have been, always will be. So if you have an FHA loan and say your company moves to a different area, you can have somebody assume that loan. They can put the down payment, reimburse you for your down payment. They still have to qualify or get qualified by a lender so that uh, they're, once that happens and they're fully qualified to have bought this loan on their own self or this house on their own credit, and then they assume your loan and pay you the money that they need to to get you whole again, um, then they can uh, assume this, and you don't have that sitting on your record anymore. It's not going to be a blemish against your uh, qualification, and you can go buy another house. So, But the big thing about the FHA 203K is that you gain a 10% advantage on the appraised value. You gain a 10% advantage. Now, what does that mean? Well, let's just take a look at a house. Let's say that you have a home, and after it's fixed up, its value is 250000 That includes the, down, the, the subject property or the property purchase and uh, the renovation, you know, the, the work that needed to be done. And you're looking for an appraisal at 250 or better. The appraiser comes back and he's only 230, or she's only 230, $230,000. Well, you don't have to go back to the seller, although I would recommend you try and see if they'll meet you halfway or get drop the price of the house a little bit to help you cover this difference. But you've done a 203 case, so you actually get to take 10% of the appraised value. In this case, it was 230,000. So 10% would be 23,000. Take that 23,000 and add it to the 230. Now you're at 253. Well, they're not going to give you that three. They're going to round it up to this purchase price. And as long as it's within that 10%, this deal is still a go. They'll have you sign another piece of paper. They'll have the borrower sign a piece of paper acknowledging the fact that you're actually paying $20,000 uh, more than the property appraised for. Just acknowledge to make sure you understand what's going on. Um, many times these FHA 203Ks will appraise for much more, leaving you equity uh, at the time you buy it, which is cool. The limited 203K, now this is a different loan. It's our loan guarantee program, but the limited 203K has no minimum loan amount for the construction. Uh, but it does have a maximum of construction of 35000 And that 35000 is a misnomer because the 35000 includes cost, fees, and contingency reserve. 
So if you're doing a limited 203k loan and you're just borrowing a little bit to do some minor work that you need done before you move in, that work has to be completed within 30 days. You can't be out of the house more than 60 days, but typically the 30 days they can get the work done. It's small work. It's non-structural. So what do they do? Uh, if you're a lender, you have to check with your lender and find out what amount of contingency reserve are they going to require, 10%, 20%. They could require 20 And if they do, then your real-life amount for construction is only 28000 I think it comes to twenty-eight thousand two hundred and fifty bucks, so it's not thirty-five thousand. If it's ten percent, it's going to be about thirty-two thousand two hundred dollars of actual construction plus the ten percent contingency. Uh, does that make sense? I hope it does. On a full or standard two or three K, there's no construction cost limit other than the maximum loan amount per your county. We've done them size $545,000 in construction alone. Okay, so this family, I remember that one because it was the largest one we did. So we've got a house. They own it outright, free and clear. So they borrowed $545,000 to do the construction. Um, And that's how those kind of things were. He probably paid it off already, knowing that guy. Amazing fella, amazing guy. So let's see where we are. Okay, we are up against the clock again, so we're going to take a short break. Uh, Call us if you want to be part of the show at 888-627-6008. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I thought we'd get a construction loan to fix our home, but they wanted four points and nine percent interest. And if we didn't get the job finished within six months, they wanted even more points. Then we heard about the FHA 203K program, where we could refinance our home and get the additional money to make those repairs all in one low interest loan. What a great idea! I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hey, shine, we're back. Oh my goodness, I hadn't heard that one yet. Call us at 888-627-6008 if you want to be part of the show. Uh, we are back with you. Uh, what uh, What properties are eligible for the 203K? That's a good question. I don't know. I, you know, any one to four unit property which has been completed with a certificate of occupancy for at least one year is acceptable under this program. So, if you have a house that is one year old, maybe some people got into it and had to move right away and, and you ended up with this house somehow. If it's more than a year old, more than 12 months old, uh, and has been with a certificate of occupancy a year ago, then you can do a 203K. Uh, that's odd for me to walk into a house that's that new and and do a 203K and find that you know somebody was evicted uh, and they brought the motorcycle in the living room and took it all apart and poured the oil right on the carpet and 
you know, people are strange sometimes. Um, they blame, a lot of times they'll blame their own inefficiencies on other people to make themselves feel better and somehow think that destroying some of the parts of this property is uh, a fair thing to do. And that's not, by the way. So anyway, but any one to four unit property or any property that is going to become one to four units. Now that's that's a big mouthful. Any property that becomes one to four unit. One of my favorite renovations was an eightplex, eight studio apartments, as I recall, um, and they turned it into um, a fourplex. Excuse me. Yeah, fourplex. They had three four-bedroom units, as I call, and one three-bedroom. That's why I get mixed up with another one. But in any case, as long as it's a fourplex or less, one to four units, when the construction is finished, then it can fit the 203K. So, provided the zoning and everything will allow it. Um, the fun part of this stuff is, what is a commercial property? You know, a commercial property. So you've got eight units. And that's a commercial property. Eight units. It's already zoned for eight units. It's zoned commercial. So how can you use a 203K? Simply by making one of those units a store or a office building, an office unit, and then making the rest of them four residential units, up to four residential units. And you've got your commercial zoning because it's mixed use. And you get uh, you get a an additional commercial space that you can lease out or rent out. Uh, homes that have been demolished or raised as part of the rehabilitation project can be rehabbed if the existing foundation system is not affected and remains intact. Well, that doesn't happen very often. I I don't. I've been doing this for 25 years, and I've never seen one that fit that criteria. Um, you know, with all the fires in California, and uh, where is it lately, anyway, um, you would think there would be some, lots of 203K work, but quite often when a house burns to the ground, the foundation is scorched. It's ruined. It's gotten so hot that it's destroyed. And, and that can't be used. It must be intact and usable. So if you've got one that, that was fire damaged and maybe they didn't take it all, I, I, I cringe when I when I think of the tractors that came in there and just scooped up the old houses. Had the foundations not been damaged, they could have unscrewed it, unassembled that house, the rest of it, gotten it off, kept that foundation and rebuilt that with a 203K and much less time. Uh, so anyway, a uh, home can be moved onto a foundation on the mortgaged property, provided the proceeds of the sale of the previous at the previous location are not released until the foundation is properly inspected and the home is satisfactorily attached to the new foundation. So where does that come into play? That comes into play any time cities, counties, states widen the highways and take over residential properties. 
they're condemned, and those houses quite often are sold for a dollar. You just have to move it to your new location. Now, if the house, quite often movers will have a nice house, and they'll move it to their property, and it'll sit in their yard until they can find a lot to put it on. Well, that's fine for them. It does not meet the HUD criteria. The FHA says that it must move from its original site directly to the new site, not a storage area, but directly to the new site and be set on the new foundation. So the scenario that would work would be to identify the house that's going to move, make your agreement to purchase it under the uh, your specific guidelines, and then go find the lot that you're going to put it on, and then uh, get your bid to move it. What will happen is the new foundation will be built before the house is ever uprooted, before it's removed from that site. A HUD point, uh, probably somebody from HUD Engineering, but HUD for sure, possibly your consultant would meet that criteria. You're going to look at that house on its current standards and make sure that it's on its current foundation and make sure that it's movable, that you feel it's going to make it to the new site in one piece. And then they'll put the, the steel beams under it and lift it up and take it away, put the wheels under it. But when it gets to the new site, it'll be set down on the new foundation. And when it's bolted to that foundation, and only then, the consultant can release the money for the move and the money for the foundation. Actually, you can release the money for the foundation before then. As soon as it's ready, they can go ahead and cut that part of it loose. Uh, and then when the house is bolted to the foundation, they can uh, pay for the cost of that house uh, and moving. This is an interesting process. It is really an interesting process. But uh, any property would qualify that becomes, you're changing from a single family house to a two, three, or four unit building, or from a two to four family dwelling to a single family house. You know, let's take it a little further. You can take five to eight units, turn it into one to four. You know, manufactured homes aft that were built uh, after June 15th of 1976 can be renovated uh, under this program. But they must uh, be on a permanent foundation for over one year. So the unit must have been delivered to that site originally when it was new. And you have to own the land underneath it. So we're going to pick up here next time uh, when we come back. But I see we're out of time for today. I uh, appreciate our callers uh, very much. Let's see where we are here. Oh, wow, we got a lot to do here. we got a lot here for next time, no problem. So thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. Uh, join us next week, Sunday, between 1 and 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, this broadcast is coming to you from our Las Vegas offices. Uh, and, uh, if you want to come by and see us, feel free to do so. Uh, not during the show, please. We look forward to seeing you next time. In the meantime, may God bless you.
Tune in every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to BBS Radio Station One and learn more about making home renovations possible, profitable, and hassle-free. Isn't it time you learned how to make money doing something you love? Visit 203konline.com now and let's get your home makeover projects done right. <laughs> 